Welcome to our podcast series of Coffee with Accord, where we discuss various peace and security related topics, including ongoing and emerging conflicts in Africa, policy developments, evolving theories, and innovative approaches to peace and security. Our guests are conflict resolution practitioners, experienced mediators, and policymakers within the peace and security landscape. Enjoy this episode and feel free to leave your comments. Good day. I am Marisha Ramdin, Senior Program Officer at Accord, and it is my pleasure to welcome you to another segment of Coffee with Accord. Our feature for today places focus on the efforts undertaken by young African women working in building peace. I am pleased to introduce Ms. Pasca Niabot, who is a South who is a youth and women rights activist from South Sudan. Among her many experiences, Ms. Niabot is an expert in the IGAD roster of technical experts with the IGAD Mediation Support Unit and is also involved in resolving conflicts in Tracks 1 and 3 mediation processes. Pasca has been actively involved in monitoring and disseminating the South Sudan Peace Agreement to the South Sudanese with a specific focus on the involvement of youth and women in conflict resolution. Hello Pasca and welcome to the segment of Coffee with the Court. It is an absolute pleasure to have you engage with us today. I am in admiration for all the work that you are doing. So tell me, to begin this interview, at such a young age, you have been making waves as an activist, a feminist, and a peace builder. Where does that drive come from? Thank you very much, Marisha, and hello everyone that is tuned in today. It's good to be here. Thank you, this is a very nice initiative, of course, and kudos to that. Um, Basically, um, everyone has got their own stories of why they're doing something in their lives. And entering the field of peace building, uh, advocacy work, and feminism work in a country like South Sudan, it, it did not just come out of, out of the blue. It's through experiences of what I've seen on the ground, the experiences that I personally went through as a woman, and the experiences of, of the, the, the notion that peace is still a mystery in, in among us our, our, ourselves as citizens of this country and not only citizens of this country but across uh, Africa as a whole. Uh, if you know the history of South Sudan, uh, it's been uh, different channels of conflict over and over and over again and um, I think that spark came in at one point I was in one of the refugee camps and one old man was talking when we were just in a circle and just having a conversation and he was saying my daughter uh, um, Peace, peace for our country is not going to be possible right now because look at me, at my old age, I was born in conflict, in war, those days with the Arabs while, while it was still a, a Sudan, before the separation of South Sudan and Sudan. And I gave birth in war and my children, I've seen my children all grow up in war and they've never seen the dividends, they've never enjoyed the dividends of peace. And look at my life, I'm here spending my old age in, in a refugee camp and perhaps I will die here in a refugee camp. That was, that was one point of a sparking point for me that, no, this has to stop already. Why is, there, why is there circles of conflict and over and over? Yet conflict is very, very costly when you look at the human, the human aspect of it. There is so much that happens and we've seen how women and girls have suffered tremendously when it comes to sexual violence because it's been used as a weapon of war. And um, at the same time, of course, 
the rule of law cannot be working in that, in that instance. And we've seen, even after the conflict has stopped and people are resolving conflicts, it's still the most vital voices, voices, neutral voices that are supposed to, to, to take part in resolving this conflict, like women and, and, and youth, are all left out. So you ask yourself, why is that so? Why is the community not valuing uh, women more? Like, it, 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 why don't they bring them in more conversation in such in such instance? Because they've suffered enough, you know. So these these are these are some of the sparking points that no, I have to. I may not resolve all the conflicts, but I can I can be a contributing factor to it. My silence and and my. Uh, my attitude, if I keep quiet about it, then I'm also contributing to the problem. But speaking up and advocating against all these forms of violence or advocating for more participation of women and young people in different peace processes, be it at resolving conflicts at the local levels, at the national levels, or even in the international arena, it's the most important vital aspect because we are all part of a society that all our voices matters. And these are some of the things that that keeps motivating me every day that life will get better if all of us come on board and try to resolve the, 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 our issues collectively. So these are some of my sparking points and I keep, I keep reminiscing that every morning that I wake up that I'm going to contribute to uh, a better society every day. But if it's only one, one thing, I will be proud of and I will, I will know that I did not come on earth in vain. Thank you, Pascal, for such an informed uh, response. And I think one of the things we can't deny is, firstly, you know, South Sudan has a lot of work to do. And you make a very good point about, you know, generations being born into a, a time of war, an environment of conflict. And um, considering the amount of work, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done in peace building. What are some of the major challenges you face and how do you find ways to overcome these in your day-to-day -day tasks? Yeah, um, challenges are there every day at individual level, at workspaces, and um, but but majorly, let me, let me speak about as a feminist what it means to work in such environment because it is it is still appalling that our feminism, our work, all my work as a feminist, did not start as I wake up one morning and say, oh, I want to become a feminist because I read it somewhere. No, it's because I have seen what my foremothers have done, what my forefathers have done to re in regard to respecting the rights of women. In our African traditional society, there is a way they respect women and women's voices are always appreciated and their opinions are always considered. And we have, a, there, there is, for instance, uh, the girls' battalion known as the Katekobanat here, they've been a very vital voice during the liberation between this, uh, in, in the SPLM, uh, the, in the government, the old government of South Sudan, of Sudan, I mean, uh, before it became an independent. And these were powerful group of women, much as they did not achieve a higher education, but they knew that at some point our, our girls, our children have to come out uh, and, and they have to be in a better society. And our feminism, all my feminism, it still comes, it's still informed by their decisions, by their by their values of the old days. And it becomes very challenging right now because you cannot have a conversation and identify yourself as a feminist because they will look at you in a lens of, oh, this is a westernized idea, this is not part of what we're, we're talking about. And it becomes, it is about your identity as a woman or as a person 
vis-a-vis -vis what you're talking about. So what you're talking about or what you're advocating for becomes irrelevant in that conversation. So it's very frustrating. It becomes frustrating that you cannot, it is, it, we are in a point where we're, we're not supposed to identify yourself. It is our work supposed to work for ourselves, but at more time you have to identify, I am like this, I am doing this, and I'm doing this. No, it shouldn't be like that. And this is one of the major challenges that not only me is facing, but so many feminists within the country and also I'm sure in other parts of the, of, of the world are also facing, you know, because of the systemic, uh, the, the system of patriarchal, the entrenched patriarchal system that is favoring one gender. And when the other gender comes in to try to advocate what is good for them, it becomes problematic. And there's so much, there's so much conversation in that that makes it more uh, frustrating. And the other challenge, uh, basically, especially in peace building or in mediation processes, is um, most times mediations, uh, much as it's deviating from the root causes of resolving a conflict, it goes to power sharing notion. And now, if a woman, if, if a stakeholders in the society and you sit on the table, and this is where they, they, they always misunderstand or we always misunderstand the mediation processes. Because the, the, when we, instead of resolving a conflict, it becomes power sharing or how, many, how much percentage should such and such person take, such and such person take, forgetting the whole reason why, where were the, why were the parties fighting in the first place. They were claiming that they wanted better societies. So better society does not necessarily mean that you need to have what you need to have a major chunk of it. And when it comes to the perspective of, of, of women who are also taking part in this, they sideline you not. They sideline you because they feel like you're not supposed to be part of 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 getting the cake. How this is how they, the language they use most times in mediation processes. You're not supposed to get the chunk of the cake because you did not particularly uh, participate in it or you did not uh, carry guns and all that. Well, if it is about uh, uh, dividing the cake, you've been raping me, you've been assaulting me, you've been killing me, you've been killing everybody in my in my circle, everybody in, in my society. So why is it very difficult in that aspect? And that is one challenge. And the other one is um, making participation of women or the values of women in mediation or in, in generally in conflict resolution processes as an affirmative action. Every time it's about how much percentage should we give the women? How much percentage should we give the women? But they are not looking at how can we bring the women together without necessarily putting a condition of affirmative action? Affirmative action is good, yes, but the conversation must not be only entailed in affirmative action where, for instance, ours now is 35% affirmative action, but which is still struggling even to be fully implemented. It is struggling big time, struggling with all the parties that are involved in this conflict. And, uh, but leaving out a major chunk of that, uh, of that percentage, which is about 65%, uh, how about 65% if the affirmative action is still struggling because there's so much conversation and so much focus on it, how about a 65%? Is it going to motivate people to come willingly to apply for this because they're qualified or is it still going to make women look like uh, they're in a very vulnerable situation or state? We have to always, um, we have to always give them what they want. And mind you, women are not given. They claim what is theirs, you know. And um, th these are some of the challenges and we feel like it has to be, the conversation has to go on and change people's mindset about how they view peace processes and how they uh, view women involvement in resolving conflicts. I think that perspective has to be changed. Oh. Thank you very much, Pascal. There's many takeaways to take from, you know, what you have just shared with us. 
on the one hand looking at the drive of women and not just from now but generations of women and the willingness to learn the willingness to impart that knowledge down from the various generations i'm glad you spoke about the patriarchal nature of the environment because that was one of the questions and you make very good points about how you know it's a space that you have to battle when it comes to power sharing but um we don't have very much time left and i would like to get your thoughts on what advice would you give to young women that are engaged in mediation and peace building in their communities so what is the key lessons you can share um i think the, the key important thing is that whatever peace in uh, process that you're involved in involved in or whatever situation you got yourself in it is very important because this society is composed of so many small things so value the work that you're doing and do it to the best of your ability because to lead does not necessarily be that you have to be at the front line being in the background actually you have more impact you can lead from behind and also uh, appreciate the fact that uh, leadership is, uh, is 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 co-shared we have to co-share leadership with also the people ahead of us and the people where we are right now we have to uh, we have to value first and foremost what we do and do it to the best of our ability and also co-share the spaces that we're in and that will always give us that inclusivity of doing uh, the best in the society. Mm-hmm. No, that's very good advice. So, to just end off and to round up in very briefly, please share with us and tell us what gives you the drive to keep going? What wakes you up in the morning? <laughs> um, what gives me life is the fact that I'm given another chance to life, to be alive. And knowing that um, there are so many people outside there that are also driven, there are so many people who are involved in this field of peace building, advocacy work to better society. So I feel like uh, as a collective, we are there's just so many of us, even if we are very far apart. So that motivates me so much that there will be a time where we'll enjoy the dividends of peace, what peace is. But doing it right now is what is what is going to bring that peace that we are all looking at. So starting all over again. If we fail today, tomorrow we know we're going to do it all over again. And this is the motivation that keeps me going through. That's great. Wonderful. Pasca, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and insights with us. It's an inspiration and motivation for young women on our continent to do the hard work that needs to be done. It was truly great to have you. So thank you so much. And there you have it, viewers, a look at young African women working with vigor to achieve sustainable peace and stability in Africa. Thank you for watching today's episode of Coffee with a Court. Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you can receive notifications every time we post a new episode. For more updates, like our Facebook page, African Center for the Constructive Resolution of Disputes, or follow us on Twitter or on Instagram at Accord Online. To learn more about Accord, visit our website www.accord.org.za.